Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Con Man's Answer Show live every week. Remember, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform to stay up to date with the show. This is episode 57 with Mr. Mike Sanchez. He's a professional boxer with a record of 6-1-1 one, one with two KOs. He also gives daily perspective and motivation through his social media. He can be found on Instagram at Mr. Mike Sanchez. Welcome back, Mr. Mike Sanchez, to the Con Man's Answer Show. This is your second time on. Uh, we had to do it at a Starbucks. If you, let's just give people a rundown of what's been happening this last hour. Let's, um, let's. So we started off, we, you just joined the link, and, um, and then all of a sudden you were freezing a little bit, and so now you're outside of Starbucks, and, and what you just said is perfect just for everyone to live their life by. When something happens, you know, you could either like look at it from a negative standpoint and be like, oh, fuck it, I'm not doing it, or you can make shit happen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, bro. We were having uh, some trouble with uh, my home Wi-Fi. And, you know, we had a scheduled time to do this. I'm a man of my word. If I say something, I make it happen, man. I'm out here at Starbucks. About to start this podcast with my, my brother, Colin. Second time here. I'm excited. So, you know, let's start with a question I've had for you when I saw it happen. What happened with your injury? How did it happen? Where are you going from now from that just give us a little rundown of what happened yeah for sure man uh, just to make it clear i know it sucks man it even hurts for me to say but this wasn't a sport related injury i am a professional boxer but it wasn't a sport related injury so this happened about four months now i was actually off-roading i was on a quad out with the family out in i'm out here from cali from the Inland Empire, we were out in Desert, Desert Springs, I believe, about an hour from where I stay. We were out there on some sand dunes. We were off-roading on quads. Long story short, um, I made a wrong turn. I lost control, and I, fought, I fell off uh, my ATV. Landed on my shoulder. Um, went to the ER about 30 minutes later. We were in the middle of nowhere, really, so uh, it was hard to get to a hospital. But we did. And got x-rays done, this and that. Uh, for a second, I had thought I had dislocated my shoulder, but it was it, the injury is a bit different. What I suffered from is what we call uh, an AC joint separation. So that has to do with the ligaments that connect the shoulder and uh, the clavicle, the collarbone, in other words. So those, those were ruptured uh, pretty bad. I've been, I've been going uh, to different doctors. I've seen two doctors now. Um, just getting different opinions. I actually made my way to uh, Mexico last weekend for a second opinion out there, and uh, yeah, I got a third. I got a third appointment out here in California in the upcoming two weeks. So from there, I have a more accurate, um, I guess, diagnosis of, of mm-hmm. what's next. What's next? Yeah, where. Yeah. Okay. So the AC joint that happens a lot in football. Um, it does. It's uh, it's inside your shoulder, right? It's not your collarbone. It's your shoulder, correct? Uh. So yeah, the joint, like I said, it's what connects the shoulder. The, mm-hmm. I believe that the right term is a, a chromion, which is basically like the shoulder blade, and the clavicle. So the clavicle we have here, it's the joint that connects those those two together. So that joint in between was ruptured. Mm. Um, so 
yeah, that that's that's what I that's what I have right now. So I can't really. It's been four months since the incident. So I mean, I'm able to do daily activities. I'm able to lift a couple pounds, not much. Um, I can't go back to my regular boxing training. I try uh, doing somewhat of uh, or boxing consists of, but. I can't really do much. I, I can't hit the heavy bag, that's for sure. So I just be running. I be jump roping. I try to shadow box, although I do get some pain after I do it a, a long period of time. Yeah, um, you know, it's got to be tough not doing the one thing you love, you know, not being able to train, especially because, you know, people forget that, like, sports, especially when re with regarding to the cardio in the sports and training – that it has some endorphin effect on your brain. You know, it's sports are not just a like physical activity um, in and of itself. It's also a mental activity. It also strengthens the mind, especially um, things like boxing, which is like hand to hand combat and, you know, football, which is like almost a team sport, but it's still that physical activity. And people forget that it has a large, large part on athletes mindset you know so how have you been getting through been staying positive you know in a time where you can't do the one thing that like, you love to do i gotta tell you bro it's been tough it's been real tough like you said boxing is something i do love uh, so being out of it for a little over four months now it's it's really tough on on my mind and it's just boxing in a way it was my I was building it to be my career, which I am, but it was also a type of release. Everybody has their own way of releasing, right? Um, that was my way. So cutting back from that, it's really, really tough on my mind. I try to do other activities. I'm a real book nerd. Uh, I read a lot now more than, than before. So I, I've been reading. Uh, I check out different podcasts. Um, Yours is one of them, brother. You, you're doing an excellent job. I'm really, I'm really proud of what you're doing, man. It's, it's something real dope. And uh, shit, you're going to the top, man. You have it. You have it. You have the confidence. You have the work ethic I see. I see it on social media. Uh, you have the positivity. And shit, you're just getting started, brother. Just keep Thanks, going. man. It means a lot. Absolutely. Uh, but like I said, boxing, man, it was just my type of release. Now I'm focusing on other stuff. Uh, more focused on, on, on really the mind now. I can't really do much physical activity, but I'm trying to stimulate my mind differently. Um, so that's, yeah. Yeah, I, like I was saying, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand that sports, especially those really tough sports, the amount of stimulation you get in your brain from it, you know? It's equivalent to, like, a strain like learning education or like you said like podcasting or things like that it's it's a it's a very it's a very big enhancement stimulant to the mind you know and when i struggled i still am struggling with injuries but so i broke my foot freshman year of college and i sat out all spring ball and then sophomore year which was last year um of my fall semester so of of um the year before COVID uh, or the uh -huh. semester before COVID, I tore my labrum in my hip, which is basically the, um, 
it's like the ball and socket joint that holds your hip in place. And so I tore that and it's, it's a really big uh, injury for like kickboxers, kickers in my case. Um, and so I had to sit out and, you know, I never got surgery and it still bugs me once in a while. And then this last year COVID hit and I didn't get to play my junior year. Thankfully I got a two game spring season this last, this last semester, but you know, I've been out of it for basically two and a half years and you know, podcasting was one thing that I found that stimulated my brain in the way that football did, you know, and when I know you understand this, this is why I was asking you is like, when you get that sport just ripped from you, it's like, you almost got to find a new identity, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, bro. It's, and it's tough to find it really, because when you're used to doing such activity for, I've been doing this for years, man, I've been boxing since I was 14 years of age. I'm 24 now, so basically 10 years, man. 10 years of, of receiving the same stimuli of, 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 you know, the feeling you get when you fight, when you fight, when you train, and just being taken away in, in a flash of a second, man. It's real tough finding that high, you can say, uh, all over again. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you're doing things like social media and, you know, trying to grow your own brand, Mr. Mike Mondays and things like that, because, you know, you you do something that's so engaging and like takes up all your time. And like I was saying, when it's ripped from you, it's really easy to fall into a depressive state or to fall in like feeling in pity or feeling sorry for yourself. And you haven't really shown that on social media or anything. You stay positive. I remember one specific clip that I saw of you was you were talking about you were at work and you were working hard and some older lady or lady was like, Hey, don't like, uh, take it easy on yourself basically. And you really had to think about that for a second. And you know, that's another thing. It's like working too hard when you already are injured. It's that happy medium between finding a new thing or finding another area you love while also still remembering that you have to get back to boxing or you want to get back to boxing at some point. Yeah, man, that story from uh, the lady at work, I was, uh, so due to my injury, I requested an accommodation at work. So I'm restricted on doing certain things. Um, so HR and how I work for Amazon. So we have a safety team. We have, it, it's a big company. So the safety team's got my back. HR's got my back. Paperwork is there. If they, if a manager, let's say, sends me to do something that's, that I'm incapable of doing at the moment, I could say, you know what, this and that, I'm accommodated, I have the paperwork. Uh, but me personally, man, like, I'm a hard worker. Like, every single thing I do, I put in my all. And it's, it's just a way of being. And sometimes, sometimes that can hurt, that can hurt you. Uh, and I'm glad that lady brought it up. I was, I was leaning into doing stuff at work that I, wasn't sh- that I shouldn't be doing because of my condition. And that lady reminded me, like, hey, because she knew I t- I, I'm real cool with a lot of people there. So I told her about my situation, and she knew I was injured. And she told me, like, hey, you got to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. And I really hit hard. You are the number one priority. If you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. You got to look out for yourself. In order to help others, you have to be 100% yourself first. No, for sure. Um, and that's another thing people forget a lot is that they're the number one priority in their life. Um, it's really easy to fall into the trap or 
I wouldn't necessarily call it a trap, but you know, the area where you're putting other people before yourself. And I'm not saying that's not a good thing because there's chill. People have children, people have loved ones. But when you start putting other people over yourself and never giving yourself the time that you need to give yourself, it's bad. Um, I remember I saw this Jordan Peterson clip one time and he was like, take care of yourself like you were someone you, you love, you know? Take care of yourself like you would take care of someone you love. Um, and that really like hit home because, you know, we tend to be our sh- hardest critic. We tend, to be, we tend to be the people who hate ourselves the most, you know? Um, you know, with the epidemic of mental health and suicide going on and depression, we tend to be the hardest people on each other, on ourselves, you know? And so, like, to remind yourself that you're important and that you deserve your own love, self-love, I think that's really important, especially during a time like COVID where, you know, kind of the family time has been taken away for a year. Yeah, man, I think I think COVID really uh, really affected us all one way or another. And I think the people who who remained positive and kept grinding, kept working, they're seeing the effects of it now in 2021, for sure. You know, I think COVID brought out two things. There was the people who really flourished and found something that they loved to do during COVID. They, they took this bad opportunity and made it great and then there's the people who were really hit hard and that their life kind of took a downward spiral almost um and you know i think the people who were able to look at glass half full you know they're really flourishing in today's time you know i don't want to say that i'm like flourishing but like covid helped me start this podcast and helped me stop being a little pussy you know and like really like got my foot in the door and made me like really be like all right i can do this you know um and there's a lot of stories like that. There's a lot of stories of people starting things, people finally getting out of that bad job that they hated. And there's also a lot of stories of people losing their jobs and then being stuck on stimulus checks and wasting it all on alcohol and becoming alcoholics and things like that. And that is a horrible problem. And I think us as Americans need to talk about three things. One, the insane problem that is around non-exercising and eating like shit, you know? Um, The second one is the opioid and drug addiction and then alcohol dependency. Those are the three things that affect, and those all tie in with mental health, clearly. And those all tie in with American life, you know? Um, And those are three things we don't really necessarily talk about. COVID hit and we're not talking about how everyone's drinking three glasses of wine a night, not even three glasses of wine, like cases of alcohol a night. We're not talking about how people are eating like shit and not working out. And we're not talking about how people are taking pain pills because they get attracted by these commercials. Like, oh, you have foot pain? Here you go, you know? Here's all the side effects, but take this, you know? We don't talk about... Yeah, we don't talk about how... You know, there's there's this, these problems that are drastically affecting American society, and we just kind of let them act like they're normal. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 real bad behavior um, that people choose. I wouldn't say bad. That's that's the wrong term. It's it's the easy option, right? And Unfortunately, it's, it's the op- option that's pushed by society, by the media, by the people around us. Uh, and I've, I think you feel the same as I do. I feel like we, we need to reverse that and, and spread a different idea. 
a different solution, a more healthy, a more productive habit, uh, you know, to, to, to overcome all this, all this, uh, you know, the mental health and, and just all the negative vibes that are out there. Misery breeds company. Um, but so is positivity. I was talking about someone. I think I was talking about this with my girlfriend, actually. There was a guy in the car driving next to us. And he was just living his life. And he was dancing and he was singing. And you just smile. You can't not smile when you see someone just like glowing almost. And that is so true. Like positivity, when someone's being positive, regardless of the situation, you just can't help but like feel better and smile. And it's the same thing happens with people who are just crabs, just absolute negativity, absolute negativity like coming off of them. You just feel worse. You feel like down, but it's so easy to have a situation where let's talk about what just happened with us. The Wi-Fi is going weird. It's so easy to where we could have just been like, um, fuck this man. I just got this Wi-Fi should be working or like, man, I want to do these podcasts at 10, you know, instead we were like, you know what, you're going to go to Starbucks. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a great conversation. It's so easy to just fall into these negative traps and be like, you know what? It's five o'clock somewhere and drink, drink a beer or something like that. And I'm not saying drinking is not fun. I love drinking. I love having fun with my friends. I'm just saying that, you know, I play sports, I podcast, I grind, I, I work out and I do things that better myself. And I think people need to realize that if you, even if you try to be positive, your life will be better, better. Try for a week. Try for a week to just smile more, um, say positive things, feel grateful for the things you do have, hug your loved ones, hug your dogs, you'll feel better. You know, stop saying stupid shit, you know? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big, big believer in, in feeling grateful, man. Especially the last couple of days, I've, it's something I've, I've, practiced, I've practiced a lot. Just appreciating and yeah, appreciating and being grateful for what you have. Like what you have has made you who you are up to this moment. Like people are always wanting more. And don't get me wrong, wanting more, I mean, it's marvelous, man. We should all strive for more. We should all strive to be a better person, to uh, maybe a, obtain or, or a thing or two. You know, you like, you like those shoes? Cool. Grind your ass off and go get them. But where I'm coming from is you should accept where you are at the moment. Be okay with what you have. And work your work your ass off in order to get what you want in the future, because if you if you if you have the idea of always wanting more and ever being, I don't want to say satisfied, but content with what you have at the moment, you're never gonna feel fulfilled because you're always gonna feel empty. You're always gonna have that urge that that something is out there that's gonna make you complete, and that's that's not that's not the way to think in my opinion because you're going to be striving for this this fantasy that you might not ever get and you're and during the process you're going to feel empty i i remember this story um i'll I'll tell it to you guys and the listeners um so there was two brothers right and they came from a not a poor family but you know a family who was low middle class and so there was one brother and there's another brother 
one of the brothers never really never really cared about materialistic things um he kind of just lived his life and the other brother he would see his friends have this new toy and he would ask his parents his parents said oh we don't have that then then he would ask then he would want a car you know um he would see his friends having a car and he would ask his parents he's like oh we have a family car you can share we just don't have the money right now um and then he grew up and he always wanted more you know he worked his ass off and he finally got into the head of the company but he never felt fulfilled you know he never got married he never had kids because he was grinding his ass off so much and he got finally got to the top and he still wanted more and more and more while his brother who never really cared about materialistic things settled down had a middle-class family found out that he loved music started his own hobby had a family and he felt so complete you know he felt like his life was was complete he was very grateful for what he had and his brother was like, they were one day they were sitting at a campfire and his brother's like, I'm this guy. I'm super rich. I'm a CEO. Why are you so much happier than me? You have nothing compared to what I have. And the brother looks at him and he goes, no, you have nothing compared to what I have. I have everything you don't. I have a loving family. I have, I have, when I look at my life, I see my glass is full. When you look at your life, you see like there's still more stuff to put into it. And I think that's a testament to one, human society, and two, just people in general. If you don't take the time to understand that there is always someone, and this is not a, don't take this in the wrong way. There's always someone in a worse spot than you, and there's always someone that's going to be in a better spot than you, no matter who you are. If you don't take the time to realize that does not matter, you're always, you're always where you are in that moment and be grateful for what you do have and what you have had and you'll never be, you'll never be happy and you'll always be wondering what could have been or what can be. That's very true, man. That's a very good way to put it, man. Um, you got to be grateful for what you have now, what you have at the moment and that's going to push you to... Now, I don't want to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say push you. That's gonna make you feel better at the moment. It's gonna make you live the present. A lot of us are too caught up in the past. Um, going back to my injury, I could. I could sit down here and ask myself, you know, why did that happen, or how could have that happened, or why, you know, like damn, I, I could have been bummed out thinking of different ways how I can have how. Would I have avoided this situation? But at the end of the day, what done is what's done is done. I can't go back in the past and change what ha- what happened. And if I live in the past, I'm gonna see. This is where 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 I believe people create their own anxiety at times or their own stress because they're too caught up in the past. They're too caught up in trying to change the past. The past is over. There is no way you can go back and change it. You have to accept the past. Acceptance. From there, you can work today at the moment in the present in order to change your future. To maybe not commit the same mistake you had, you made a couple years ago. To better yourself and become a better person from what you were a year ago. Right? I see the past as a way to analyze and reflect on what you were or what type of person you were at the moment. Reflect on it, see how you can change it, and take the measures, the action in order to become 
a better person. I just saw this quote on Instagram and it was from a, an old philosopher. And he said, if you regret, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. And if you're at peace, you're living in the present. And I think that is beautiful because I find myself doing this all the time, living in the future, worrying about things that probably are not going to happen. And I know that 99% of the people listen to it, listening to me right now do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a human, it's human nature to avoid things that are going to kill them. You know, it's going back to evolution. We survival. Reason, yeah. yeah. Survival. But now it's like, we're worrying about missing a kick or <laughs> this podcast messing up or me accidentally not turning in a paper. You know, we're worried about things that have nothing really to do with our life, you know, about surviving and they have more to do about social society and society pressure, societal pressure. And while those are all good, like, you know, you should want to be in society. You should want to be like striving the best you can be. The worry is just going to, there was another famous quote. If you, if you worry, if you're worrying, you're putting yourself through it twice. You know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. Why put yourself through it twice? Why put yourself through it at all? If it's not going to happen, you know, I should take my own advice in this because I do this all the time, (laughs) but you know, it's like I said, if you regret you're living in the past, if you're worrying, you're living in the future. And if you're at peace, you're living in the present. So, so we're aware of, of this, right, of, of what you just said, of thinking of something, think of, of something in the past or maybe anticipating something in the future and worrying about it and feeling like shit about it at the moment. And we're, we are aware of that. So how do you think, like, what's the way? Like, we know the answer. We know we're aware of it. But why do we keep committing the same, the same mistake? Cause I, I'm, 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 I committed as well, man. Don't get me wrong. But why do we do it? Is it human nature? I think so. I think, like I said, it goes back to us. Like, if you were not in society, if you were exercised from the pack, um, then you were dead. You know. Um, and so, wanting to be successful, and like the the successful men, got all the girls and they had the children. And so there's this there's this need to need to breed um there's also this need to be alive and there's this need to be wanted um i think anxiety comes from two places one is you feel like society is gonna like look down on you if you fail and then the other one is is that internal like it's all about fail. It's that internal desire to not want to fail. And that all goes back to death. You know, we all understand that we're going to die one day. And so what failing shows us is that we're imperfect and we're vulnerable. And so if, unless you let go of that fear of your mortality and live in the moment and understand that you're alive, you'll never get away from that anxiety. It's because being, being reminded that you're vulnerable is a reminder that we're all going to die one day and is a reminder that we have a limited time. And maybe you're not afraid of death per se, but you're afraid of not fulfilling your potential before you die, you know? And that is a big thing that people worry about and worrying about the future is all worrying about that one moment where you're not here anymore. You know, realistically, that's what it is. And so that internal desire to want to be successful before you go or not go at all, is what really holds people back from truly living their life in the moment, I think. 
uh, looking at it at a, a more positive way, I mean, that's the greatest thing that we could ever feel, man. That pushes us, pushes us to, to do better, to be better, to have goals, to strive for more, uh, to build stuff, to create, to express yourself, you know, to much more people. It's really, it's, uh, I would say a pro-con Pro-con, pro-con thing, you can, you can look at it a negative way or a positive way. It's, 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 I believe it's a balance we have to uh, find in order to, uh, to do what we to work at our, our fullest potential here at our time on, on earth, man, really. So Kierkegaard, he's a famous philosopher. And I just saw this video and they were, they were, um, Comparing him to a Rick and Morty, something Rick said. I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty, but I love that show. It's very philosophical. Um, but Rick was like, they were talking about these infinity stones that show them like each possible way that they could die in a moment. And Rick said, anybody who knows that they're going to die is something or just lame. And it's very, that's a very Kierkegaardian thing because like that's that not knowing that that unknown that the future holds like I was saying, that brings the fear, but it also is the most important fact of life. It's the most fun thing of life. Last night, I'll give you an example. I'm thinking about doing this. I, I, I finished two papers. I was drained for my finals. And then I, I made three clips for later in the week to post from this podcast that I didn't do clips on. And then I was laying in bed and I, I drank a couple like trulies just because I was like, you know, it was the end of the night and I'd been done with finals. So I was like relaxing and I was working on some stuff and I just couldn't sleep at first because I was so excited just to be alive. And I, this sounds so corny, but I swear to God, I was thinking about this podcast, thinking about drinking that bang, getting that little, that little caffeine buzz. You know, I was thinking about like grinding the podcast being done with uh with finals you know starting summer enjoying the fruits of my labor and i was just excited to live and i haven't felt that way in a very long time just excited to be alive and excited to to live in a in a state where i don't know what's gonna happen you know because it's very easy to be like negative about the future be like oh there's scary thing that's gonna happen but i was just pure bliss last night and you know, it all comes back to that Kierkegaardian thing is it, we don't know what's going to happen. We'll never know what's going to happen. Anybody who know, knows what's going to happen or the way they're going to die is just a lame person because that it's that unknown that creates the fun of life. And I think, I think that can be tied up to, to, I would say faith. You know, when you have faith and, and not really stepping into the religious side of it, but just faith in general, when you have, for example, like you, you were excited for something in the future. You had faith that the future would be good, that it would be something you would enjoy. You had uh, hope that stuff came out as planned, that you were positive that what you had planned would be, just be the way you had planned it. You had faith in a positive outcome. And I think that's, that's a way we all should think. We shouldn't see faith as, I personally don't see my faith, my faith um, like combined with the religion. No, my faith just is more of a positive, uh, me, it's more of a, of, a, of a positive way of thinking that stuff is going to be all right. And 
that my, my my way of thinking is is just gonna it's just gonna happen how I see it, man. So I would call myself a religious person. I'm I would call myself Christian. Um, I believe in God. I believe in because growing up I was obviously religious, but you know, just one thing that I've had to deal with is like. I would call myself pretty intelligent um, and philosophy and, philosophy and God don't really mix very well because like once you, you can go down a rabbit hole in philosophy um, and it comes back to that faith, you know, that's the whole thing about religion is it's faith. And, you know, once in a while I, things happen though. And not, not that they happen for a reason, but they're too coincidental that they're not coincidences in my mind. You know, they're not coincidences because they're so coincidental. You know, they're so like, almost perfect almost in line um i've told this story many times on my podcast but one of the examples is when i get really down and i have a really bad i should not do this i really only pray when i'm talking when i'm in a bad place you know that's horrible i should be praying since i am religious to be praying all the time but i you know I, i i have this tendency to drive just drive and pray when i'm in a bad place mentally physically just emotionally anything you know and so leading up to this, my girlfriend, I had never had a girlfriend before and, but I love girls. You know, I wanted one. I was just a normal guy, you know? Um, and I was driving and I was like, man, why isn't it? Everyone's getting relationships. I know. And I was like, why isn't it ever happening for me? Why haven't I experienced love in the way that all my friends have? Why, why, why am I not why am I not deserving of love? You know, where is my girl? And then like a week later, maybe less than a week, I met my girlfriend and I've been with her ever since. Um, and that's so coincidental, but it's almost like, you know, I feel like God, you know, the universe, whatever you believe in plays tricks on us once in a while where they're like, well, I've been showing you it. It's just like, if you take the bait, one of the, my favorite, favorite quotes of all time was from pursuit of happiness. It's Jaden Smith. He tells a story about a man on a boat and he's about to drown. His boat thinks he's about to drown. And a boat comes by and he, and he says, hey, let me help you. Um, and he's like, no, thank you. God will save me. And then another boat comes by and he's like, hey, let me help you. He's like, no, thank you. God will save me. And the man drowns and dies. And he goes to heaven and he asks God, he's like, hey, God, why didn't you save me? And he's like, hey, dummy, I sent you two boats. Um, and I think that's a testament to just faith, religion, God, the universe is that, you know, it, the, he, he's, I'll say he, for my sake, he sends us things our way and it's our decision if we take the bait or if we, if we choose to open our hearts to them or not, you know? Dude, I don't believe in coincidences at all, man. I, I feel like if a situation were to arise and you can say, Hey, what a coincidence. I feel like the actions taken by you in the past had created such event, created such opportunity, created such tragedy. I, I just, I don't know, man. And this is just from a personal standpoint, like the way I see my life now and the stuff that's happening to me up to this day, I really don't see anything as a coincidence. I see it as my actions basically coming into fruit, either my positive or negative actions in the past. They're coming into fruit. If I've been doing good my whole life, 
then good opportunities will arise. If I've been doing maybe more negative, more bad actions in, in the past, then maybe negative uh, events will occur because of my choices, my decisions before today. Sounds like karma, man. That's what it sounds like. I'm good a big bad. believer in karma. Yeah. It's cause and effect. That is a, that's a big proponent of determinism. Do you know what determinism is? Determinism is? I've heard it, but I'm not. Um, it's basically that humans necessarily don't have free will because of the circumstances that they've been placed in since birth and that everything has a cause and effect. And you can go take determinism all the way back to the Big Bang, that everything's happening right now is happening because of cause and effect. Um, mm. And so I'm kind of a mixture of determinism and free will. Like, I believe that our circumstances um, of life, like, let's give an example. So I'm not saying that everybody that is a part of gang violence is a problem that has stemmed since slavery. But I will say that there is a determining factor of keeping people. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Of keeping people of color, primarily African-Americans, black men of American, um, in slums because of redlining and that can step back to Jim Crow and that can step back to slavery, you know? And so I'm not saying that gang violence today, someone robbing because of their family, their brother got them into it or something. They like someone dying in gang violence or being thrown in prison is from gang violence. Um, that, that stems all, all the time that stems back to slavery, but there is a causation of the line. You can clearly draw the line, you know? Um, and so, Things like that, you know, we don't necessarily determine who we're going to be all the time, but we do have some determining factors on what we believe right and wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and now there is another thing to be said about rationality and morality. Like we can look at the Nazi Germany and how they rationalized killing off Jewish people because of earlier World War I and Germany being put in poverty. And that's clearly immoral to anyone who's, you know, has any rationality. But it was easy for them to rationalize it because of the circumstances and the way that Hitler was charismatic. And so there is something to be said about rationalizing immoral acts, but I believe that, you know, not always do we get to determine what we're going to believe, who we're going to be, how we act, you know? I can agree with that, man. Um, yeah, well, we're a product of an environment. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of brought to my mind this. So let's say, for example... I'm using myself as an example, okay? I I started boxing when I was well, I started when I was eight, really. I trained for a year, I left, and I came back when I was uh, the age of fourteen. But I mean, my goal is to become champion of the world. I want to, you know, leave my mark in the sport of boxing. Now, many would say, even I could say. I was born for this, right? I was born to be a fighter. I was born to be champion of the world. I have it. I'm that guy. Well, was I really born for this? Or am I just a product of my environment? The stuff that I've lived beforehand as a child, the events I went through, the, the family that brought me up, what was presented to me as a child, what sports, uh, what type of behavior was given, not, not behavior, what type of uh, love 
and care was given to me as a child to maybe give me the confidence to give me uh, the urge to become a fighter and slowly growing up, you know, acquiring more, more, more qualities, a uh, sense of confidence, a sense of aggressiveness to fight. You know, what, was I really born to fight or was I created little by little to become a great fighter or to become just a, a fighter in general? And I think, I think it's that. I think people are not born to be anything. We are created to be uh, what is given to us at an early stage of life, right? Either being our, our environment, our parents, stuff, tragedies that may occur. I mean, you have like, we can say the best athletes in the world come from the slums, from the gutters, right? From poor backgrounds, you know, that could be a push to succeed. That can be a push to maybe prove something or prove people wrong or prove yourself right. Or it can be, it can create hunger for you to uh, be something for your family and bring your family up with you, up with you. And I really think that's what it is. But us as a society, it's easier to say, well, you know, that guy over there, he had it. He just, he just had the skills. He was born with the skills. He just has the attitude. He has the qualities to become this or that. But I think it's maybe an excuse from other people from not really reaching their full potential. Uh, I just saw Joe Rogan. Uh, I watched one of his podcasts. It's my biggest influence. But he was like, he's a, he's a dope guy, man. I, I I hear him out. He is real the, smart uh, guy, man. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it takes me time to dissect what he's saying because it's mm-hmm. so just smart guy, man. Real smart dude. He is the godfather of podcasting. He created the he created what we all know today. Why people listen to podcasts? Why people listen to shows? He created why I'm doing it for sure, um, or at least. Um, the biggest influence on why I do it. Um, but back, I was watching one of his episodes and he was always talking about how people always come up to him. He's like, man, like, I'm like, it's so crazy what you do. Like I, I, I could never do what you do. And he was like, yes, you could, if you were me, you could do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was the, that they got into the determinism stuff and everything like that. Um, he was talking about it with Ethan Supley, the dude who was like really, really obese from remember the Titans who got really skinny and jacked. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, they were talking about like determinism and how some people are conditioned to be like overweight and things like that from their society or to feel bad about themselves and things like that. And, you know, I think a lot of the uprising that we're seeing today from the left, the progressives, because the, pro- like technically people who lean left tend to be more, um, empathetic you know to other people to human rights you would like to think that far left you get to communism you can you can make an argument for it's not empathetic at all but um people who lean to the left moderate left people tend to be empathetic especially young kids um and you can make an art what was i going with this Oh yeah, I think a lot of the uprising is like of uh, we're seeing about BLM and you know you always talk about the gender equality and things like that is not that necessarily everything that's being pushed is true because I I mean obviously I'm a white man and so by people telling me I'm just suck from birth that kind of doesn't make me feel good but uh you know I think a lot of it comes from this 
this urge to not want this societal pressure over everybody, you know? And I think if we could get away from this us versus them mentality and becoming like it almost like human society versus what American society has been that pressure to need to be successful. Cause that's really what it is. You know, it's whenever women talk about white men, they always say that, Oh, it's the patriarchy. That's why men are more successful um, in societies because white men only have the opportunities. Same thing with race and same thing with, um, sexuality and everything it's always the six the success the societal pressure to be successful and if we can just understand that like everybody's on their own path every there's only one race the human race i think we'd be a lot better off you know i think i, I think most people are not racist or misogynistic maybe more people are misogynistic than racist because of the whole the genders are different and that men's sports was women's sports. But I think most people are good people. And if we just got away from this idea that we're different, we'd be in a lot better shape. I totally agree. Totally agree. But yeah, back to you, man. We, this has been a great conversation, but let's go back to you and let's talk about boxing. What's the number one thing you miss about it? The high I get from boxing, man. Um, you know, there's nothing more primal, I would say, than having someone in front of you trying to smash your head in and you able to retaliate, to, to, to respond and, and, and survive, really. There's nothing more primal than that, man. It just comes back to survival. You have a guy in front of you that's trying to kill you and you have the choice, the opportunity to do that to him as well. It's you or him. It's, it's, you know, one versus one-on-one. -on -one. It's, there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever tried combat sports or not, but man, if you have it, it's something I would encourage you to do so because it's, it's a unique feeling that can't be compared to anything, man. I've dabbled in boxing training, but I've never, like, I mean, I've sparred, like, friends and stuff, but I would love to get in, like, jujitsu and boxing and things like that because martial arts is something that fascinates me, like, to my core. I love UFC. I, that's, like, one of my favorite sports. I watch it every time there's a card on. There might be one on tomorrow. Um, but I watch it every time there's a card, bigger cards. Um, you see Usman uh, Masvidal? Yep, two? of course I did. I thought Masvidal was going to be better in that fight, but, I mean, Usman is a killer. He's a monster, man. Monster. I, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of any fighters or any, any basically role model, really, but if I'd have to choose a few, Usman would, would be one of them, man. His, his character, the way he presents, presents himself, the way he is – is kind of kind of like something I see myself being if I get to that level. When I get to that level, like his just the way his his mentality, his just the way he is, his character, man, is something of a it's something I really do appreciate, man. Nowadays we have a lot of fighters that they're little they're divas, man. They ain't real fighters. They ain't real fighters. They ain't real killers. They don't want to go out there and 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 really risk their life. To, to come out victorious and, and put their family's name, you know, in, in honor. They don't, they don't know, they don't want any of that shit nowadays. Man, fighters are just doing it for the money, and that's that's real sad. Boxing is more than just money, in my opinion, man. Boxing is, it's, it's really a way to show 
to represent your your culture and your roots and, and where you come from and, and and defy all odds, man. And I think a lot of fighters have lost that that mentality, uh, that reason for fighting. And I think Usman is one of the guys, one of the few guys who has it, man. He's just a killer. You can see it in his eyes, man. Like I can see it in his eyes. He's just a killer, man. There's no, I don't see any anybody beating him at the moment. He just got it. If he's that guy. He's that guy, man. He just has it. And like I said, this is real, real rare of me to say because I don't, I don't think a lot of guys are that guy or a lot of guys have it. But I'm sure he has it. I'm sure he does. All right. So you were talking about how, you know, a lot of fighters are divas today and they, a lot of them are just doing it for the money. So that brings me to this. How do you feel about Jake Paul? Hey, I can't hate on Jake Paul. Because we all know he's doing it for the money. You see, that, that's, that's my thing. A lot of fighters claim to want to be great, claim to be warriors, to be that guy, to be not bullshitting. But the, at the, the end of the day, they fold. They don't, they don't show those qualities. They don't represent those qualities at the end of the day. See, Jake Paul, we all know his, his, his history, his background. He's a YouTuber. He's inter an entertainer. And he, I wouldn't say he says it, but we're aware of his background. Yes, he plays it. He plays it real good. You know, he plays it to being an actual fighter, but he's really an, an entertainer. You can't hate him for joining the sport to make some good money. Like, I, I'm, a lot of people hate those YouTuber fighters, but hey, they're doing their thing. And you know what? If, and when you look at it a positive, uh, at a more positive way, they're bringing more eyes into boxing because boxing really was slowly dying. It really was. Uh, and it hurts my soul to say, man, boxing is not the same anymore. But these YouTubers are getting more eyes on boxing. It's just going to take real fighters to show that boxing isn't a game, that boxing is a real deal, that it's, that it's the gentleman's sport, that it's the killer warrior sport Everybody has known, you know, since it started. And I think the YouTubers, like I said, it's just a way of getting attention to boxing. But the real fighters need to step up. If there's any real fighters out there left, they need to step up and show the world what boxing is about. You know, I, I will say this about Jake Paul. Mo, more people, I mean, besides... Mayweather and maybe Pacquiao and maybe like Tyson Fury and but even Tyson Fury but regardless of like besides Mayweather basically more people know Jake Paul than real boxers and yeah. that is wild like more people be like oh Jake Paul is boxing and more people have watched his fights than have watched the last the last boxing fights and that is wild to think about that um that he might be the second most famous boxer right now. That's, that's honestly one horrible because like, there's like you said, like it, it, like you would, it's not horrible in the sense that like, he's like, he doesn't deserve it because he did like, he is this entertainer, but it's horrible in the sense that real boxers don't have that attention. Um, like you said, I think it is going to take him boxing a real boxer to see, to, for people to be like, Oh man, you know, realize. So that's why I think the yeah. Mayweather Logan Paul fight is going to be very big. Bro. But these fights, these fights aren't real fights, though, man. No, like, they're not. they ain't real fights. 
Uh, I'm 99.9% ain't real fights. Um, they're just money grabbers, man. Like, we're, we're in 2021 now, man. See, Jake Paul, he's an opportunist, man. He knows what's going on in, in, in the world right now with technology and especially social media. He knows how to get money. He knows how to get his bag. And you can't blame a man for getting his bag. You can't Damn. blame him. You know, um, if anything, it's, it's, the real, it's the real fighters' uh, fault for not promoting themselves how they should be. For not using for not using social media as an advantage to get their name out there. See, if if you do that, and if you are a real boxer and have real fighting skills, and you are a true warrior, you got the full package, man. But I think a lot of fighters are too they're too stuck in the old school days when you had to be a great fighter and a great fighter only to become successful in the sport of boxing. Now it's different. You have to be a great fighter. You got to have skills and the qualities to become champion of the world. But you also have to know how to promote yourself. Be aware of what's going on in social media. And in a way, it's a, in a way, we shouldn't, we don't need promoters nowadays anymore. All you need is yourself. You, a fighter doesn't need a promoter. If a fighter knows how to promote himself the right way, he doesn't need a promoter. Trash talking. And see, me personally, I like, I would draw a line to what, what I would do to how I would promote myself. There's, there's a line I would draw and the attention I get. Because although I do want to get my name out there and become a successful, great fighter, I also don't want to, because I'm, I'm big on, on, I wouldn't say reputation. I'm, eh, yeah, I, I care about what people think of me. I really do. I do, but I don't. I care in the way that I want to represent and be known as for what I am truly am, for the type of person, for the type of fighter I am. And creating or doing certain things that go against what I stand for, I think that's something I wouldn't, I wouldn't do because I just don't want to. I don't want to set that example of me. I don't want to spread that type of, of movement or that way of, let's say, living to other people. Like, I'm real to myself, and I want to be too real to, the, to those people out there. So I think, like I said, I would draw a line to how I would promote myself. But, yes, I would promote myself in a way where people are talking about me, where, where all eyes are on me. And... Yeah, I think that that would that would you know help my boxing career tremendously. Yeah, and you know I I slowly I slowly started doing it in my social media, but I promote myself to like I said the way I want to be seen. So all the motivational stuff I post on my TikTok, on my Instagram, all the quotes, all the Twitter thoughts, all the Twitter posts I write, all, all the tweets, like they go along to the with who I am as a person, as a fighter. And I may not pull as much of a big crowd, but I'm pulling the right crowd. And if you pull the right crowd, that crowd will follow you shit wherever. Like if you, if you, if you, real, if you really pull the right crowd and the right people with you, they will throw money at you. They will go see you fight. They will buy your merchandise because they appreciate the value you are giving them. 
and they kind of see themselves. Maybe some people are scared or a bit timid or they're not there yet when it comes to the confidence or taking that first step to, to do what they really want to do. And they see a person with similar interests like me or like, or like you even, and they're like, damn, I want to be like that one day. Or this guy has the same mentality that he, he thinks, you know, similar to who I, as how I do, you know. Uh, and they follow you because you, you might give them that courage or that confidence to, to do it themselves. And I feel that's, I feel that's, that's my ultimate goal right there. Like getting people to do what they really want to do. Giving, that, giving people that hope, that faith, that confidence, that push in, or, for, in order for them to do what they want to do with their lives. It's, it's, it's something people are not really doing. Like people are not stepping up. People are not taking the first step. People are scared. And I think we're all scared at some point. I'm still scared sometimes I'm doing certain stuff, but I mean, comparing it to my, to my movement right now, Mr. Mike Monday, the idea of it is to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow, to be a better person, to learn more, to explore, to gain more knowledge. Like it's going to be scary, but that's the point of it. That's going to help you grow. Like, it's a mentality I have, and that's why I created my movement, Mr. Mike Monday. It's, it's something I want people to, to really live, to really um, be aware of the fear, but don't let the fear stop you and, and, and what you really want to do. Man, I love talking to people like you. You know, you, you, you really, like, are pushing for the, the people. You know, you're pushing for the people to do things that they want to do, and that's and, – and while you're doing it. And I think that's awesome, man. You, like what we were talking about earlier, you, you give off this positive energy that I don't, think, I don't think the world has enough of. And, you know, I love talking to people like you. Um, I think everything you said is, is – I'm in line with it. Um, you know, if I can – if I can give people a little bit more of hope to do things that they want to do, I think that's my life will be fulfilled. I'm, I'm so grateful of what this show has become already. Um, I never thought in a million years I would even have as many downloads as I have and people listening, people, you know, hitting me up, maybe that I knew or I don't know, tell, giving me feedback and just confidence to keep on going. So I'm forever grateful. And I think if I can just, like you said, if I can just give people a little more hope and a little more confidence or a little more way of thinking a different way, um, in a more positive way, then, you know, I'll, I'll die happy. I have a man. And I think you're doing it, man. Like, um, I may not communicate, communicate with you as often, but I'm aware of what you're doing, man. I, I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing on social media, on Instagram, on your clips, on your TikToks. I'm seeing the support from other people towards you. Like, you're doing something very fucking cool, man. And shit, like you said, like, I love talking to, I love hanging with people that are striving for more, that are striving to be a better person. And, you know, take a person or two along with them as well. You know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's that's a big, big, it's a big high you get as well, too. Like, it might sound, it is a bit selfish, but it's selfish in a way where you're helping others as well. You're doing your thing, but you bring in, you're giving the confidence, you're giving the encouragement to other people to do the same. And that's, that's a great feeling you get as well for yourself because you know what you're doing is of good. And it's helping. You're not, you're not creating something of bad. You're not, uh, 
building an empire or or making money out of out of you know people's misery or 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 you know just doing people wrong you're not you're doing people good and you're making a life out of it you're you're i don't know how big your platform is now but i'm sure if it's not big now it's going to be you're gonna you're going to uh be living out of this man and helping people on your way to where you're going I'm excited to watch you fight, man. I think I'm definitely going to come to at least one fight whenever you're healthy again and whenever COVID's not COVID. Um, Are you, uh, you're not in Vegas, huh? I'm in Vegas right now. Dude, I'm going to fight in Vegas. Yeah? So I, I fought in Vegas before. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that last time you were on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, dude. If, yeah, I mean, that would mean a lot, man. That would mean a lot. That would mean a lot if you show up uh, – yeah, man. Um, um, my focus is right now is you know getting, getting this healed up as best as I can, and and just keep grinding on my on my fighting, man. In the meantime, um, you know I'm motivating. I'm, I'm helping people out. Um, you know I'm making new friends, good friends, positive friends. Fuck that negativity. If you're negative, I don't want you around me. Uh, I don't I don't hate you as a person. I don't dislike you, but your energy doesn't match my energy and I don't want your energy fucking with my energy. So all that negative shit shit I don't I, I don't want around me and you certainly don't have that, man. You you I mean I haven't even met you in person, man. It's the second time I seen you, you know, through through the webcam, but like I just I just get good vibes from you, man. You seem like a great dude. Uh great young dude, man. I'm like it still surprises me how how intelligent you are, man. You're only, what, 21, 22? 21. You're a smart guy, man. I, I can see you're a smart guy. Uh, I mean, this podcast, it's something, something great you're doing, and, you, and you're getting, you're getting uh, positive feedback from it. And just keep grinding, bro. Keep grinding. I can't see. I can't see. I'm excited for, uh, for what's next for you, bro. Thanks, man. For you as well, too, man. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for not only just boxing, but like your platform and everything that's going to become. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we've been talking for a long time. I think that's a good way to end it. Any last thoughts you want to give to the people or me? Uh, no, man. Like I said, I just, I just wish people good. I, I would tell people to, uh, like I said, be careful to be careful who, who, who you hang with, man. Like, and Everything is about energy. If you are hanging in the wrong environment with wrong people, you're going to be doing the wrong things. You're going to be taking poor decisions, and that's going to lead you to a negative, to a bad life. So just be careful. Be cautious. And it hurts. It hurts, you know, dropping a friend or two, you know, that you might have known since kindergarten. But, hey, it has to be done. If you want to be, you know, mentally stable and grow, because – you know, people who who are mediocre, who are not as positive, they don't want to grow. They're comfortable where they're at. And, man, you can't judge them for that. But if you want to grow, you have to be aware of who you're messing with. And, and you might have to drop a friend or two and, and gain a friend or two. And it's going to hurt. I've done it. But, hey, you're going to see the resu- results in the future. As for you, like I said, I wish you the best, man. Like I really enjoy, I really enjoy our talks, man. I really enjoy the the stuff, the the people you bring in. You bring people from uh from different backgrounds and real informative at times and uh real entertaining at times as well, man. So you have the whole package, man. You're a great, you're a great communicator. Uh, you're dope, dude. I I I 
thank you for inviting me to, to your podcast for a second time. And, uh, you know, a third time wouldn't hurt. Maybe no, in the what future. A, maybe in person, too. Yeah, dude, that'd be down. I'd be yeah. down, man. Hopefully, uh, we can make that happen in the future. Yeah, man. All right. You have a great rest of your day, man. And I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. Take care. See you, man. Episode 57 with my brother, Mr. Mike Sanchez, where I love talking to people like him. He's so positive, even through his injury, through everything that he's gone through. He's a great boxer. He's a great friend. You know, stay tuned for an episode three with him, hopefully in person. As always, follow me on my social media. Subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform and stay demanding.